Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Yeah, the governor's got COVID. They're shutting down more portions of the state. Holy smokes, what a day it is. Happy that you're with us here today on this Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, uh, you're nice and calm today, aren't you? Just no, like- I'm not nice and calm. I couldn't get my printer to work. My computer froze. I was having some kind of like anxiety attack before we went to air. Too much at one time. John. It's the Xanax edition of the ride home. I wish John it was Kevin. the Xanax edition. Yeah, right, right. Well, let's get underway. Won't you please, as we always do to start off the show, Kath, give us the top four at four. All right, you guys. John, Mike, for Wednesday, December 9th, which is my sister's birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Number one, Governor Tom Wolf, as John has previously said, tested positive for COVID-19. According to the PG, Mr. Wolf said he tested positive on Tuesday and is isolating at his home with no symptoms, feeling well, and continuing to do his job. Quote, as this virus rages, my positive test is a reminder that no one is immune from COVID, he said. That following all precautions, as I have done, is not a guarantee, but it is what we know to be vital in stopping the spread of the disease. And so, he continues, I ask all Pennsylvanians to wear a mask, stay home as much as possible, socially distance from those not in your household, and most of all, take care of each other and stay safe. Governor Wolf is 72 years old. Number two. The U.S. is about to launch one of the most daunting public health efforts in its history, distributing a COVID-19 vaccine as quickly as possible across 50 states. As soon as this weekend, the FDA is expected to grant emergency approval to the vaccine manufactured by Pfizer and BioNTech. And according to The Wall Street Journal, within 24 hours, 6.4 million doses will be sent to every state and the District of Columbia, enough to to inoculate a little under 1% of the population. Most states are giving the initial batch to doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers who interact with infected patients, then to residents of long-term care facilities. The bulk of the population is expected to get the vaccine in the spring or summer 2021, officials have said. But state vaccination plans vary widely and health officials will have to prioritize among competing groups, including older adults, teachers, and minority communities disproportionately affected by COVID-19. Number three. The U.S. Postal Service will release a stamp featuring playwright, poet, and Pittsburgh native August Wilson. Wilson was born Frederick August Cattell in 1945 in the Hill District with the fourth of six children. As an artist, his work chronicled the experience of living as an African-American, and among the many awards won by Wilson were two Pulitzer Prizes, Four Fences, and The Piano Lesson. August Wilson died in 2005. And number four... Breakdancing is your latest Olympic sport. 
ESPN reports that the International Olympic Committee's pursuit of urban events to lure a younger audience contributed to this decision for the 2024 Paris Games. Also confirmed for Paris, the IOC exec board were skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing. Those three sports will make their Olympic debuts at the Tokyo Games, which were postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic by one year to open July 23rd, 2021. And that is your top four. To be honest, uh, I did not know that breakdancing was still a thing. I know. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I when didn't I, know. Right. When I think of breakdancing, I think of like, you know, 1985. Exactly. When I moved to New York City in the early 80s, you couldn't go. I mean, on every street corner, there was some guy, you know, with a sure. cardboard box spinning around, you know, entertaining the tourists. Right. But I haven't seen that for a long time. I mean, I would say the Olympic Committee is a little slow on this, wouldn't you say? Um, I, I, I don't think, I don't think I'd say that it's slow. I would say that, well, maybe it's late. I don't know. It's not, it's not my subculture. I guess I can't talk about breakdancing, but I am surprised that surfing, I thought surfing was an Olympic sport years ago. Did it be, was it a sport in that it was taken (laughs) down? Now it's not a sport. Now it's back up again. I mean, of the two, I would say that surfing is much more a, um, a rigorous uh, physical sport than breakdancing. Not to say not to diminish breakdancing. Well, I think but... breakdancing is pretty rigorous. I just think it's surfing's a lot more dangerous. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, let know. me it's ask you weird. this. What is sport climbing? Mm. Mm-hmm. Is it rock climbing? Uh, I don't know. That's some... Okay, well, I've done a good amount of rock climbing in my life. Have you? Uh, yes, I do. You were the last person I would ever I... think it would be rock climbing. Because I'm, I'm horrible at it. I only went because I was trying to preserve relationships with people really? in my life at the time. You're a rock and climber? I hate it. I really hate it. I'm very bad at it. But it's also extremely boring to watch. Who's going to want to watch rock climbing? Same people who want to watch breakdancing. And how are you going to score that? Like, uh... okay, they fell, so... They lose ten points. I mean, <laughs> that was boy. They picked in. They picked a, a, a an easy hold, and so they only get three points as opposed to six. Like I don't even doesn't make any sense to me. I guess the Olympic Committee is just vying for you know what uh, television Viewers. ratings, right? Which is what the whole right, which world is fine. Is I mean, I'm glad focused on uh, one of the Olympics or the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Is that July right? 23rd. Next, next summer? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank goodness. Well they'll, be, well, they'll be wearing masks as they run around the stadiums, won't they? People running marathons wearing masks. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we're streaming live. And by streaming, I mean video-wise. You can watch this show unfold as it is on Facebook. The, the Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can see uh, John and I there. And uh, Mike also um, will show up every once in a while. Now, while I was doing the top four at four, for those of you that were watching, I think John, I think John had a medical yeah. emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. What, what there? happened there? I I had to get up and close. I just had to grab something, and did when you? I did, I forgot that I was still connected to my microphone, and I knocked my microphone over and dragged it across my desktop. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's I mean, being the broadcast professional I am, I kept going with the Thank top you. four at four, but it wasn't easy. <laughs> I mean, this is big time radio, so you know, here we are. You get to see. I'm not a big fan of the Zoom thing, to be honest. 
I mean, right. I appreciate everybody out there. Thumbs up to you all for, you know, ch- checking us out. But really, this is radio first and yeah, foremost. Yeah, it's disconcerting. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I love radio. I don't like Zoom so much. I'm okay. just saying, okay? Well, you know what? Welcome to the pandemic era. You're on it. Anyway, yes. if you want to get onto our uh, Facebook stream and say hi, then we'd love to say hi back. We'd love mm-hmm. to welcome you to our Facebook family and like us and follow us and we'll invite you and you should say fine, yes. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, we'll take a break, come back. When we do, okay, you know when you go into Giant Eagle or Shop and Save or wherever, all the produce, all those things, those men and women who are out there, who's ministering to the people in the fields? We'll talk about that next, the ride home here on Word FM. 1.5 WORD. Can you imagine a world where everything is dedicated to the service of God? Where even the pots and pans in your kitchen sing of the holiness of God? Well, it's coming in the millennial kingdom when God's peace covers the earth. Want to know more about this strange new world? Join us this week on Through the Bible in Zechariah. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Here's a great thing to consider doing right now before the end of the year. Call MediShare and find out just how much you would save by switching to MediShare, the affordable alternative to health insurance. When you call, you'll get some good news and probably be very happily surprised, too. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. It's so worth it to at least find out. And you'll see why more than 400,000 people are already members. MediShare is a Christian community that shared more than $4 billion in each other's health care costs. It really is remarkable, and they're very easy to talk to. And here's the thing. If you join before the end of the year, they'll waive your new member fee. That's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second. The call, and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is December 31st, so call now. You'll save even more. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ. And our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. In the heart of the city. With the city in its heart. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The inconveniences of COVID-19. You know, I, I always complain because my vanilla Coke has disappeared. 
the company's not making it anymore. They're having a can shortage. You know, sometimes I go to get blueberries and they don't have them. Gee, I'm having technical difficulties in my home studio. (laughs) That seems to be the theme of the show in the early hours of it. There's a lot going on here, people. (laughs) Something else to complain about when it comes to COVID is I'm doing this for my spare room. Mm. Anyway, uh, getting back to the, to going grocery shopping, you know, you get upset because you think, oh, all the things that I used to buy or these, these two things that are important to me that I used to buy aren't available anymore. And little do you ever, do I ever consider the people who are actually involved in the produce food chain, you know, the laborers, the farmers, the people who work in trucking and uh, to, to get the food from where it's grown to where it is that I'm complaining about. Anyway, we're, uh, we're interested to get into a little more of this, hopefully to make us a little more grateful and aware of what's going on, especially in this pandemic era in America when it comes to feeding this country. Becca McNeil's back with us, a Texas-based reporter who covers immigration and education. Becca, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Becca, it's our pleasure. So, Becca, as Kathy said, you know, here in the city, we are so disconnected from what's going on in the farmers' fields, and especially those men and women who are out in the fields. So, as you join us right now, can you talk early in the piece that you wrote in Christianity Today called The Gardeners of Eden? You referenced something that under 10% of laborers come to the United States on H-2A visas, which allow them to work in agriculture for up to 10 months. Can you talk about those men and women who make their way across the border and work in the fields, the legalities of all that, the, the systems of how they work? Sure, sure. So actually, this whole story originated during the pandemic when it, um, it became very clear that some of the immigration restrictions that had been bubbling up throughout the last four years were going to be escalated because the pandemic was making the closing of borders necessary and um, convenient. And immediately we began to see all sorts of different programs shut down. And then the big question was, what, what about the H-2A visa? Now that is a temporary work visa that allows um, farmers, farm owners here in the U.S. to go and recruit seasonal labor down in Mexico, and um, most most of it comes from Mexico. And so they go down, and a lot of times they will go to the same town year after year, and their workers from last season will recruit their friends. And so it's not you. It's not like a guys go to an office and are randomly assigned. There's like a recruiting process that happens. So the farmers say that they like the program because they have enthusiastic workers who come up here and are ready to work for their 10 months. um, And then they are ready to go home for a couple months to see their family and then usually come back again and bring their friends. And so they feel like well, it's not quite the same as having that family farm um, atmosphere where you know everybody. It's the next best thing. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so have you had the experience, taking it back to a personal level where I started, Becca, where you've been to the store and you think, oh, I can't believe I can't find X. <laughs> um, I have more had the experience of why does that cost so much? <laughs> Uh, Mm, Uh, right you know watching prices fluctuate and i was 
um, saying to a friend the other day, I'm fortunate to not have to say, okay, I guess we can't get milk this week, or I guess we can't get the chicken this week, but Mm -hmm. you certainly notice it. And um, that has a lot to do with supply chain as well. Um, Mm -hmm. The more, obviously the more scarce things are when you have labor shortages and the farmers can't harvest entire crops that, you know, that will affect the supply chain and all of that shows up at the grocery store. Right. Okay. So then back at the bottom line is whether we acknowledge it or are aware of it at all, there are thousands of men and women who are on the, in the fields and they are harvesting the food that eventually will find their way to our grocery stores and our dinner tables. Now, with those men and women, of course, a lot of people are believers in Jesus Christ. And like you and I, they need pastors, they need spiritual health to provide them that nourishment as they go about their daily work. Now, this piece, The, the Gardens of Eden that you wrote about, talks specifically about those men and women. Would you talk about someone that you met in the fields, profile someone that we should be aware of that is on those front lines acting as that minister? Absolutely. Um, One of the, I mean, in addition to being believers, one thing that really stood out when I started to actually talk to folks in the field, the actual workers, is that they're not just believers, but they are, many of them are believers who are in a really tough circumstance. It's hard to be separated from your family. They're not, um, many people are working very hard. Um, They were working in not great, I mean, having to keep COVID protocols is making everything much more challenging. And they were in a situation that most of us would want to talk to a pastor about. Most of us would be, if you're missing your family, if you are worried about your job security, um, that const- if you're tr- struggling to make ends meet, um, that constitutes crisis for a lot of us. And so, and not sure. maybe not life threatening, but you need those the pastoral help. And so, one guy had been hired by the orchard owner to take care of um, the workers there and to provide counsel for them and. Um, he hosted Bible studies during lunch breaks and stuff. And that was one way of making it available. He just kind of made himself available to anyone who needed him. And then all the way through the, you know, to immigration lawyers who would pray with folks or um, the labor union the head of the um, Farm Labor Organizing Committee is a believer who helps his um, union members think holistically and think about reconciliation and think about um, deep repair when they are, um, you know, organizing or struggling to get their paychecks or dealing with conflict on the farm. And so there's just tons and tons of these little crisis points and, and tough mm. moments where people, where Christians in every role could show up and be that spiritual help. 
Mm-hmm. Becca McNeil's with us. She's a Texas-based reporter who covers immigration and education. We're talking today about the people ministering to the laborers and the farmers who keep America's produce shelves stocked. Um, talk about, Becca, the breakdown between males and females um, in laboring, in farming, how that works when it comes to ministry. Um, so interestingly, the American labor farm labor force is um, aging and becoming more female. It used to be that um, a lot of young, able-bodied men were coming up here to do this. Um, it is That's changed. And um, they showed me some data that was indicating that increasingly uh, men are staying in the field for a lot longer. And the second generation and the younger, able-bodied guys are wanting to come over and do other things that they're finding like that second generation doesn't follow their parents into the field. And, um, there's other opportunities for people who are, um, going out, um, in, who would be going out into the field. And then simultaneously, as there's more need that, you know, puts the farmers in a place where they're having to recruit wider, um, more women have also come into the field. And most of the women work in the pack houses. Most of them are, um, the pack houses are shoulder to shoulder on the line, checking for quality and stuff. And it, and okay. uh, they can, they're standing all day, but it's not quite the intense manual labor. So a lot of the um, people who need a, a gentler day will stay there, but it is still pretty intense work. And then, but the, I talked to a lot of women who liked being out in the field. Mm-hmm. So Becca, what I take, I mean, the bottom line from your excellent article in this month's edition of Christianity Today, that these are the invisible people who, without them, the food would not be on our table. And as you and I and Kath and Mike and I here, we're believers in Jesus Christ. I mean, we have good days and bad days, but these men and women, they need spiritual help. And so it's important that we think about them, pray for them, as we would pray for our own family members and friends, because they're vital to our own our own physical and psychological and spiritual health, yeah? Absolutely. And just the one thing that I would probably leave you guys with as the connection point, somebody said to me, if you look at any piece of produce, there are two sets of hands in its entire existence who have touched it the consumer and the person who harvests it. And so if you, you know, if you pick up your apple, everything else is kind of brought, you know, there may be somebody in the grocery store arranging it, but pretty much it's the guy who picks it and the person who picks it up at the grocery store and takes it home to eat it. And if you think of that as a pretty intimate connection. And um, so that has encouraged me to just kind of look at each piece of produce um, that I purchase and and usually consume and just give thanks and pray for the only other hands in the world that have touched it. That's good. That's terrific. That's Becca McNeil, Texas-based reporter who covers immigration and education. We've been talking about her article in Christianity Today, meeting the people ministering to the laborers and farmers who keep America's produce shelves stocked. Thanks so much, Becca. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. And you as well. We need to step away for a few minutes. We come back. What did Babe Ruth and Altoona have in common. We'll find that out next on The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM.
it's me, Marsha from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, can you smell it? The real hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender, it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mmm-mm, a taste of days gone by. A Springhouse hickory smoked ham makes a great corporate gift in a big Springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the Springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Where can you find Pittsburgh's most affordable hand-built mattress? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. At OMF, we've been manufacturing our mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them factory direct for 30 years. We use the highest quality materials because we believe our customers deserve the best. OMF offers a better quality mattress at a better price compared to the mainstream brands. Stop by your local OMF location to see the original mattress factory difference for yourself. Levin Furniture and Mattress is celebrating 100 years with the very best values, finance offers, and highest quality furniture. Create the home of your dreams this holiday season at all Levin Furniture and Mattress stores or levinfurniture.com. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Partly cloudy skies tonight, areas of freezing fog late, the low 29. That fog will roll into tomorrow morning. We'll see times of clouds and sun and a high of 47. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night, areas of late night fog, the low 34. Again, that fog will creep into Friday morning. It'll be mild with sunshine, giving way to increasing clouds Friday with a high of 53. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. I love lost and found stories, especially when they revolve around baseball. Check this out. That's from uh, today's trip. A collection of very old baseball cards turned out to be a treasure trove for an Altoona area woman who works on the front lines of the pandemic. The woman who did not want to be identified was going through her late grandfather's belongings. He owned an antique store. She found a rare 1916 
Babe Ruth baseball card. It sold for $342,000 wow. in an online auction. The card was part of a set of 10 Altoona Tribune baseball cards kept by her grandfather. And uh, she said, I was going through the store contents when I stumbled upon these cards. Wow. Now, the cards are super rare. Um, they're aware of 70 examples of the Altoona Tribune baseball cards. There's an ad, there's a, a picture of Babe Ruth, and then there's an ad on the back of all the different players. This is the only second Babe Ruth Altoona card that's ever been discovered. And I mean, it, it's just fascinating. The woman, she works at a local Altoona hospital. She receives 80% of the profits. She said she's going to donate a large chunk to Altoona COVID victims. Mm. Super cool. I mean, to think about the Babe Ruth cards and finding their way forward and the rarity of it and the big find, thats I just love it so much. It really is. Congratulations to her. Talk about Merry Christmas early, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think it tells you a lot about Babe Ruth. He's still, you know, is sort of part of the American ideal of, you know, great American heroes and the hold he has on our imaginations, especially for baseball fans here in this country. All right. Speaking of Christmas, John, another story comes that this year is the last for the Point Point State Park Christmas tree. And I got to be honest, I looked at the the news reporting in PittsburghMagazine.com. And, you know, I'm not sure what the park manager is actually getting at in the article. Did you see this, John? Yeah, I did. Okay. So it's been up for 30 years, the tree of lights that they call it. Right at the point, right? Right. Where the fountain is almost. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, park manager Jacob Wyland, according to this article in the Pittsburgh magazine, says um, part of the historic importance of the point is the view to the west and its location on the forks of the Ohio. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The design of the park was envisioned to create a memorial to this gateway through an open, unimpeded, dramatic view of the westward flowing Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so that's a reason why we can't have the Christmas tree anymore. Well, okay. So, uh, so how many people are standing at Point State Park right now at Christmas time and are impeded when they look out to the Ohio? I don't think my first thought was, are people who are staying at the hotel, what was formerly the Hilton hotel? I think it's the grand Wyndham now right. are, are their views impeded by the Christmas tree. How could their views be impeded by the Christmas tree? Or now, you know, where the state office building used to be, there are condos there as well. Have people complained that their view has been impeded by that? I mean, from a distance, that tree has to be tiny. So I don't understand. I guess it's just a matter of politics. Okay, let me let me let me add something else to really confuse you. Uh, it says, uh, while the 80-foot tree is only up for about a month, Wyland says it still violates management practices regarding the historic significance of the site. This is what he says, quote, Point State Park and our partners through the past 10 years have been reviewing our management practices and management plans. We've been implementing management practices to protect our resources, to better recognize the historic significance of our site and connect Pittsburgh's historic impact on our nation. Now, what... In that's the world, a whole lot of nothing. To, what does that have to do with the Christmas tree? I don't know what that. Please means. tell me what that could possibly have to do with the Christmas tree. Who who uh, who's the author of those words? Uh, Jacob Wyland, park manager. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds like government gobbledygook, doesn't it? 
It sounds like someone who doesn't want to say that someone complained yeah. about the Christmas tree and so they took it down. I'm surprised there's not like, you know, a massive uprising from people who are in the future going to miss the Christmas tree. I don't know, whatever. Maybe they're, I, mean, I don't like, I don't, I don't think I have enough energy to, you know, fight the Christmas tree battle. What about you? No, I'm still worried about the, you know, the masks and the pandemic and the governor with COVID and all that. So all right. the Christmas tree is taking a backseat. Christmas wars are minimized this year. Are they not? Christmas wars. That's yeah. the last kind of war we need. We have every other kind right now. <laughs> yes, we do. All right, coming up next, unity in the body of Christ. Tony Turner joins us, Pittsburgh-based pastor, counselor, and teacher, and she asks, what defines us as Christians? That's next on The Ride Home. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. What's the blueprint for happiness? The Beatitudes and what they are is really a blueprint for happiness, foundation stones for building your home, really what they are. They are the keys to the kingdom. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, The Keys to the Kingdom, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Investors, are you seeking steady cash flow? Are you ready to diversify? NRIA has grown to be one of the nation's leading specialists and offers 10% annualized monthly payouts and bonuses targeted 18 to 21%. That's right. You could receive steady 10% monthly payments with bonuses. As their slogan says, they specialize in realty investing done right. You can even use your 401k or IRA to invest. NRIA's 15-year track record and $1.2 billion in new construction development backs you. Learn how you can invest in this hard asset real estate cash flow fund today and receive 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses. This is something savvy investors should research and consider. Call now 800-700-5483, 800-700-5483 or visit nria.net. An offer to buy or sell any security is only made by our private placement memorandum. Read it first. See us at nria.net. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com.
more than ever in this fractured time that we are living in, especially as believers in Jesus, do we not need unity? Pastor Tony Turner is with us. She's been a regular guest on our show for many years. Pastor, writer, thinker. You can find Tony uh, on Facebook. We'll talk about that as well. But Tony, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Doing well. Glad to be on with you today and uh, glad to hear you guys are doing well too. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. We miss seeing your face. How about talking mm-hmm. before we step in uh, to the subject matter for today about Gracism? What is that organization that you run and why did you start it? Gracism. Um, okay. So first of all, uh, my I, my identification, you know, of myself is, is that I'm a reconciler. I, you know, throughout my life, that's all I can see me doing. And, um, one of the uh, words that always stuck out to me was the word grace, and a lot of times we hear different people, you know, say that it means unmerited favor. Um, but there uh, was a, a, a pastor by the name of James Ryle who said that, uh, you know, he's contributed a lot to uh, the Bibles, you know, that we read today, and um, he said that he studied the word grace throughout the New Testament, and he said unmerited favor actually did not fit everywhere. Hmm. And the conclusion that he came was that the word grace actually means the empowering presence of God that enables us to be what he has created us to be and to do what he's called us to do. That, to me, is a, a, a lot less cloudy than unmerited favor, you know, I, I, we can go a lot of ways with favor, you know, what that means. And a lot of times people use the word favor to actually mean that they're special, you know, and, and we are special to God, but not more special than anyone else because Jesus came to shed the same blood for all of us. So uh, anyway, I stumbled upon a book by the name of Gracism, The Art of Inclusion. And um, I know that Dr. David Anderson, you know, identifies the word uh, grace a little bit differently. But uh, I asked him if I could use the name because the empowering presence of God was, is what we need in the church in order to become what he wants us to be. And um, so I asked if I, him for permission to use the word gracism. And it's a task force. It's a task force that it's a force. It's not me. It's us. It is, you know, uh, it might have uh, different configurations of people, but the task is to help us to be in the way to fulfill Jesus' vision for oneness within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, uh, it, for me, it's about being able to lay down everything that divides us and take up the one thing that unites us, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we can agree on that, I feel that we will be uh, we will be in the way for God to do what He wants to do and command blessing into the church. Mm-hmm. And okay, and, so, push, uh, so Tony, you said push aside the mm-hmm. things that divide us, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. hold fast to the one thing that unites us. That's exactly right. I mean, if if you listen to the news, if you, you know, uh, actually anybody is, we all have different ideas of what certain things mean. You know, you and I could sit and we could talk about the gospel and you have one view of it and I have another view of it. What, what's Jesus' view of it? 
you know. But the one thing that you and I can agree on is that Jesus came to this earth to shed his blood so that we, our sins could be paid for. That's the one thing that we can agree on. And we can agree on the fact that every word that Jesus spoke was true. Every word that he spoke was about the kingdom. And every word gave us instructions as to how to be citizens of that kingdom. You know, if we could just believe his word, that would that would be tremendous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a great starting point, Tony. But I mean, the problem is, and you talk about this often, is that as we are believers in Jesus Christ, we are so deeply fractured, whether it's, you know, theology or status or race or money or whatnot. I mean, under the umbrella of those who love and know Jesus, we are so disconnected as much as the world, if not more so. And I think that it's important for us to recognize that the origin of that fracturing doesn't have anything to do with flesh and blood. It has to do with the enemy of the kingdom, which began in heaven with Lucifer. I mean, separating himself from God and trying to, you know, exalt himself. And when he got kicked out of heaven, he brought that mess here to the earth. And so where God meant for there to be a family unit, we had the first battle of the sexes, we had the first homicide, we, you know, we could go on and on about the division and the fracturing and the tribalism and the, you know, um, all of the things that I believe have been designed to, uh, to taint God's vision for oneness, his vision for family, his vision for unity. And uh, so what we have to do, um, one of the things that that I thought about today was the fact that the reason why we're so divided is just simply because we're not united. Um, Mm -hmm. On the day of of Pentecost, we had 120, you know, and, and you've heard me say this before. I mean, thousands heard what Jesus said thousands watched what he did in terms of um, the miracles and and different things that he did. And yet only 120 were in that upper room waiting on what? They were waiting on his promise. They were waiting. They were believing his words that no matter what, I mean, I'm sure it didn't look like it was going to happen. I'm sure it didn't taste or feel like it, but they believed. And that's what we're called to do is to believe, you know, that, that it's important for us to love one another. It's important for us to forgive one another. It's important for us to, you know, I refuse. If you, if, if, if you speak in tongues and I don't speak in tongues, I refuse to let that divide us as believers because when we get to heaven, tongues is not even going to be important. We're not going to need them. That's Tony Turner, Pittsburgh-based counselor and teacher. Um, All right, so talk about what the kingdom of God, what the body of Christ now should look like. We know from John 17 that it was a a priority of Mm -hmm. Jesus before he left this earth to pray to his heavenly father that his church would be one. Mm -hmm. So what, what should that, what should that look like? How, what does that, what would that oneness be like today? Well, I think about when um, when Jesus gave instructions to pray, okay, he gave uh, gave us the pattern, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. All right, so the Father, the King, 
the kingdom has to be the center of it all. And then his kingdom coming. And how do we, as people who have been so used to living in a democracy, who have been so used to, you know, uh, providing our own laws and, and, you know, doing things our own way, how do we line up uh, with the words that Jesus spoke? Well, just simply by reading them, first of all, discussing them among others, uh, among each other. I mean, that's what, that's part of what we should do as a body. You know, how do I love that person that injured me? How do I, how do I deal with, you know, uh, what some say is my oppressor or my enemy? Or how do I deal with that person that just absolutely hates me or that killed my child or, you know, that, that has done something to traumatize me, what would Jesus say I need to do in order to respond to that in a righteous way? That, you know, I, I consider that, you know, how the scripture says, you know, come let us reason together, mm-hmm. you know. Let's talk about, you know, what, what happened. I mean, it's okay to, to discuss what happened because uh, it, a lot of times it's our feelings that stand in the way. As a counselor, I know how hard it is to get past, you know, certain emotions. And it's not that we need to get past it, but we need to express them, all right, because emotion, motion is the biggest part of that word. That means that something needs to move. We need to get it out. Not a problem. Then how do we bring Jesus into that situation to bring healing, you know, and and to heal each other and to be with each other and to see each other and Mm -hmm. to celebrate what God is doing, you know, with one another. But to start, but to start Tony, by saying it, Mm -hmm. by being honest about how, how we feel or how we see things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not to be in denial or try to run away from it. And Tony, what is that? I mean, how does that even, that's a great word. But, you know, you see how splintered the church is. I mean, Jesus was perfect, but he gave us the church, which is deeply flawed. It's so uh, deeply imperfect. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't agree on theology or, you know, women in the pulpit or, you know, you name it. The, mm-hmm. the church is already, you know, so splintered apart. If mm-hmm. we could focus on the purity of Jesus' words and his actions while he was on earth, of course, the world would be a much better place. But, man, I mean, do you have any, are, are you hopeful for, for that actually happening? I am hopeful for that happening. Uh, it must begin with the leaders first. One of the things that we have to do, you know, how David said, search me, try me, see if there's any wicked way in me. I need to be able to periodically do a searching moral inventory mm-hmm. and not only, you know, pray and say, okay, Lord, if there's something I'm doing wrong, I need to, uh, I need you to tell me. Well, that's one thing, but I also need to be able to say, Kathy, You've walked with me for several years, and is there anything I can't I can't tell what's going on in the middle of my back, and I need you to just tell me if there's anything that I have done or that I have said, not even just to you, but if you've even seen me do that to someone else and it made you just wince and say, "Oh my goodness, that's not Jesus." I need to be willing to let you tell me. Mm. I, I need to be willing to ask the Lord, search my heart so that. If there is anything that doesn't look like Jesus, I can get rid of it. I can repent. I can agree with God. Well, Tony, I got to tell you, I haven't seen that in you, but I I trust that you and I do have the relationship where you could tell me that and I could tell you that. And it's one of the reasons why we're so happy to have you on the program regularly. That's Tony Turner, Pittsburgh-based pastor, counselor, teacher. Tone, thank you. Thank you, Tony. Love you. 
Okay, God bless you guys, and have a great holiday if I don't talk to you again. Yes, you as well. Merry Christmas to you, Tom. Take a break, come back. Uh, You want to lose weight? Well, the experts are saying you got to exercise 300 minutes per week. Seems like a lot of minutes. Talk about that next. (laughs) Of all the women in the world, you chose her. She is the one you can't live without. How will you tell her, I love you forever? You tell her with a diamond. From Trinity Jewelers. And of all the diamonds in the world, none say forever, like the center of my universe from Forevermark. Less than 1% of the world's diamonds can carry the Forevermark inscription, a promise that each diamond is beautiful, rare, and responsibly sourced. A diamond worthy of a woman as rare as she is, and a love as unique as yours. The center of my universe can only be found at an authorized Forevermark jeweler. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Discover Forevermark, the diamond, the promise, at Trinity Jewelers. For when you really want to say, I love you forever. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry, we're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Okay, so with COVID-19, of course, people are sitting at home. They're not, uh, you know, doing their regular routines. A lot of people have been packing on that COVID weight. So a new study comes out, which is no surprise. It basically says this. If you want to lose weight, you need to exercise 300 minutes per week which is about an hour of exercise six days a week. That Holy seems like an, a lot of work, right? Oh, gosh. But, uh, I mean, what's the alternative? You, uh, you exercise a little, you're going to gain a lot of weight, 
right? If you just exercise a little bit and continue on your regular eating habits, you nothing's going to change. 300 so the, minutes. So like, an, look, you guys, I don't. The study suggests we most likely have to exercise a lot, burning at least 3,000 calories a week. In that study, that meant working six days a week, six days a week for about an hour, 300 minutes a week. So the relationship, they say, between working out and our waistlines is famously snarled. The process seems like we should be straightforward. We exercise, we expand calories, and if life and metabolism were just developed in energy defect then we would, you know, lose that weight. But it's not that work. It's not, doesn't work that way. Uh, I mean, the, the best way I ever lost weight was not eating sugar. You there's cut no, sugar there's out no totally. question about it. There's no question about it. I mean, I lost what, almost 15% of my body weight. Well, to be honest, the best way that I ever lost weight was doing exactly this. Was exercising an hour every day. Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I, I, I did that, you know, MS-150 a few years back, and I religiously went to the gym every day. All I did was stretch out and get on that bike, and I crushed that bike for an hour every day. And then I stretched out, and I went back home, and I was in good shape. And I, I mean, the weight just fell off, but I worked really, really hard. I mean, I sweat like a dog for an hour, and then the food took care of itself. Mike, do you exercise? Not as much as I should. As much what does as that I mean? mean to, I should say. What does that mean? That's the problem, right? Because we get, we get sedentary. I mean, Mike came right. in here as a young kid, and all of a sudden, you know, he's been with us a while. He's sitting around like we are doing the show and working and everything. You can see, I mean, you know, I mean, put on some weight. I'm not going to lie. I, I have gained like 15 pounds since I've uh, got Started working job. with us. Yeah. That's, yes. all the, that's all the stress eating since you met John. <laughs> there is a lot of stress. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll take right. it. Seriously. Okay. So what do you attribute that to? Do you attribute that to, to your food or your lack of exercise or some wicked combination of the two? I mean, here's the thing. You were so stinking skinny when you came to work with us. It's not yeah. like anyone. But he was a kid. And look yeah. at you and say, well, you could really lose some weight. I mean, get out of here. You're like at a normal weight now. Well, sitting down in a, in a studio all day doesn't help, obviously. And, no. Uh, no. And uh, you could also uh, blame COVID as well. The COVID-15, oh, if you will. I thought you were going to say, I blame Coca-Cola. <laughs> you could also blame that because there's a lot of Coca-Cola consumption. There it is. He's, he's drinking mm, one right now. Okay, right. so let me tell you this. So, you know, I was without sugar for almost two years. Um, and so when COVID started, when the quarantine started, I thought, you know what? Like, I think this might have to come to an end. So I have been eating sugar from like, I don't know, I started maybe in April. So I've gained five pounds since April uh-huh. and not the, it's not bad. I mean, I'm, it, it's not the COVID 15, but it is the COVID five, but that is, that's the, really the only thing I've changed. Well, the other thing is though, I'm working at home. I mean, the, you know, I'm not walking around. I'm not doing nearly as much shopping. I'm not walking into work. I'm not doing, you know, so I guess you have to combine the two. Well, you are doing pushups every day. Yeah, I'm doing pushups. You're doing every, more than I, us. I, I've gained yeah. I've gained muscle mass in my upper body. Listen, I have yes. no excuse. I have I have a trail that goes from Pittsburgh to DC, less than a mile from my house. I have Do no you excuse. Really? So Got I a bike? Be, I I need to get a bike. Jay Slocum, a bike. where are you? Jay Slocum, exactly. Uh-huh. Got to call that guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think for I think a lot of people, the bike is sort of like the ticket because you know, it, it's re, it's really easy on your joints, right? You it can is. Easily... But who wants to bike right now? I don't want to walk to the mailbox right now. Yeah, I get you. Well, you can bike indoors. You can get one Good. of you know, put your bike on a trainer. Right, they cost about eighty bucks. A cheap one that works just fine. You put it up. I mean, your husband did that for years, Kath. We know he was on rollers. Yeah, which is like which was suicidal. Even, which is way harder. Yeah, it was. I need rollers something. I like, need to do something. I need to oh. do something to detox. Put down the coke. Get on a bike maybe, and maybe for three hundred minutes maybe, a week. Maybe Taco Bell might have something to do with it, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the COVID fifteen. I mean, if we go on for, uh, for another year, well, we're going to be so big, we can't get out of the side of the house. It's not good. I need Heaven to go back. Us. I need to go back to my previous thing. Yes. But I don't want to, you guys. One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. British regulators have warned that people who have a history of serious allergic reactions shouldn't receive the new Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine as they investigate two adverse reactions that occurred on the first day of the country's mass vaccination program. U.S. health regulators have posted a positive review of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. They're nearing a decision on whether to allow the use of the shot, a decision to authorize the vaccine expected very quickly. Commercial flights with Boeing 737 MAX jetliners have resumed for the first time since they were grounded worldwide following two deadly accidents nearly two years ago. Brazil's Gol Airlines became the first in the world to return the planes to its active fleet. Stocks closing broadly lower on Wall Street. The Dow dropped 105 points. The Nasdaq was off 243 and the S&P down 29. This is SRN News. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but nah, their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. 
And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start, SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. Where's the money, Karen? I'm sorry, the money? The money is saved by having Liberty Mutual customize your home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Oh, that money. I used it to add to my collection of clown paintings. <laughs> Take a look. Ah, I mean, ah, amazing. Wow. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. Partly cloudy skies tonight. Areas of freezing fog late, the low 29. That fog will roll into tomorrow morning. We'll see times of clouds and sun and a high of 47. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night. Areas of late night fog, the low 34. Again, that fog will creep into Friday morning. It'll be mild with sunshine, giving way to increasing clouds Friday with a high of 53. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. The uh, COVID Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, it's uh, odd that uh, Governor Wolf has announced today that he himself has COVID. Yeah. Uh, I think we've been sort of waiting today for new restrictions. That was, we were told that this were coming. That yeah, the, I thought uh, that was going to happen and then that didn't pan out. Perhaps the news of the governor, you know, with a COVID diagnosis superseded all that. Yeah, right? could be. I mean, COVID's changed everything, hasn't it not? It continues to change everything. Are you kidding it me? It does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was seeing, uh, I was reading an article today about uh, sewing machines. When my... um. When my mother-in-law died, we uh, we got her sewing machine. Now my wife is a sewer, so she has a sewing machine. So for you know, for years we've had two sewing machines. Now I see that there is a shortage, apparently, of sewing machines across the country because, uh, pandemic-wise, people have first of all they started to sew their own masks, and then people are also crafting. Like the Etsy boom has taken off. That's one thing that really has changed because of COVID, Kath. Mm-hmm. Yep. Listen, there are tons of things that have changed according to COVID. I think I mentioned this um, on yesterday's show, but I saw this article in, um, I want to say it's living.com. I'm sorry to say that the, the website didn't print out on the copy I have, but I'll tell you what it says here. It says the bigger spaces 
fresh air, no long commutes or traffic snarls. What might have seemed like a distant dream suddenly became a reality when the pandemic obliged many office workers to switch to remote working. So they're confronted, John, with the drawbacks of their daily life, whether it's how far they have to commute to work or the fact that their living space is cramped, their immediate living space, or maybe their neighborhood living space feels cramped, or maybe they don't like the noise of their urban setting or whatever it is. Maybe it's the hectic lifestyle of the city in which they live. Many U.S. workers are now moving to small towns that until now were seen mainly as holiday destinations. See, I don't get this. How, how do you do this in the midst of the pandemic? How you much pick up and move? How do you do that? Who does that? I Who, agree. Who's, who's got deep pockets where you go, I'm going to put my house on the market and I'm going to move out of the city and I'm going to move somewhere, you know, where there's six acres around me. Right. That, that to me is a different class of people, Kath. Well, it sure is a different class of people, especially because of the cities that they're speaking of. Lewisburg, Tennessee, Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, there you and go. And Kingston and the Hamptons. Of course. In New York, right? Okay, so they, they, they say not every small town is no. a Zoom town because Zoom town really refers to communities in close proximity to nature, like a body of water, a ski resort, a national park, or some other scenic natural feature. Maybe it's that smooth shot, that visual panorama going down the Ohio River that's somehow (laughs) ruined by the Christmas tree. I don't know. That's, again, that's just a different class of people. That's that's not you and me and like, you know, the regular people out there. No, it's not. But the article goes on to say that uh, people overall are moving from cities, even people who aren't moving into holiday or Zoom towns, they're moving from urban locations to places that have more natural wildlife, even from cities to suburbs. Right. They said city dwellers are tired of the pace of urban life, prohibitive property prices, traffic jams, overcrowded public transport, and you put COVID-19 on top of that, and you've got a big change in real estate across the U.S. Right. Okay, so when we finally do go back to whatever that new normal looks like, uh, I believe that you know a lot of people are going to work from home, that that will reduce traffic congestion, right? Well, it seems it certainly reduced traffic congestion around well, here. Of course it right? is. I mean, already. So, but, you know, when we go back to, you know, in, of course, in air quotes, what will be perceived to be normal. I mean, will that be this time next year when we're, you know, somehow scratching forward i mean i think people are just going to change we've seen that okay two other cities that are mentioned in another article that i have this one's by chris miller the one i cited before who was that by that was by agency which means that's a lot of people who've come together to write an article anyway chris miller says this that there are two two places in particular where home prices have gone up at least 54 percent Okay. One is Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You ever been to Gatlinburg? I have not. It's a beautiful area, right? It's a very nice area. It's like a little bit of a resortish type of vibe. How far is it from Nashville? Uh, Gatlinburg from Nashville. I don't really know. I don't, I've never driven from Gatlinburg to Nashville, so I don't know. Mike, have you been there? I've never been there. It's a place to, a lot of people like to take little kids there. That's why I asked. Anyway, um, uh, real estate prices have gone up 54% in the last 11 months there. And here's the other place. This is a place I've been that I absolutely, I mean, it would be easy to work from Lake Tahoe, wouldn't it? It's one of the most popular vacation destinations in a country in the country. But what's changed about it is people aren't looking to go there for vacation right now. They're looking to actually buy some property. <laughs> Sales there are up 80, 80 
5% in the last 11 months. Look, I started this conversation by talking about having an extra sewing machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. That's where we are, Kat. That's, it is, that's how it is. I'm right. We're with sewing machine, but it's interesting how much COVID changes for everybody. I mean, they're just, they're major forces at work. I mean, imagine what's going to happen when they start to unroll the vaccine. I mean, we've been fighting about masks. We've been fighting about social distancing, right? What's going to happen when people start to not like who's ahead of them in line? I don't know. Well, I don't know because a lot of people aren't going to get the vaccine. So that may, there might not even well, be a could, line, right? That could, that could be too. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I mean, I think what I'm focused on, what, what I was waiting for this big announcement today that, you know, everyone was whispering, oh yeah, we know that this is coming. I've heard from inside sources. Yeah, They're going to shut down, you know, restaurants again. Museums are going to close again. And today, none of that because, you know, the governor's announcement that he has COVID apparently has trumped all that. So What's going to happen to this next wave? Are they going to shut down now until Christmas or, you know, all of January? Because, of course, you know, cases have been spiking, uh, more deaths reported here. I mean, I think we're worse off now, COVID-wise, than we've ever been, don't you think? Oh, my gosh, yes. And here's something that's going to make it considerably worse. Are you ready? Hmm. I was looking for this article. I couldn't figure out where I put it, but I was able to pull it up on my, uh, on my um, iPad. Listen to this. This is from the New York Post. If workers weren't self-conscious enough during a video conference, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office records indicate that Microsoft is staking claim over a new software that allows employers to monitor staffers' body language and facial expressions during virtual and in-person meetings and delivers a numeric productivity score. Yes, it's true. Um, it, it garnered a little bit of buzz. Um, a man by the name of J.S. Nelson, who's a right to privacy researcher, I don't know how you get that job, says, it's horrendous. Why are they monitoring people this way? What is it that people need to express about the relationship they should have with their employers in the workplace? Anyway, the software essentially, John, taps into office computers and gives managers access to kind of what your work pace and style is like so that they can determine whether you are lazy or not. Okay, so that's presupposing that you're using your primary, like your laptop, for all of your work. I mean, I mean, to be I, honest, I'm using my phone for probably right. you know 70% of the work that I do. I agree. I agree. Look, the bottom line is that we should all be working the very best we possibly can. I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, John. If any of our supervisors walked into my house and saw how much I was working, I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. I would feel like, come on in, the water's warm. Maybe you can help me print out a couple of things. I don't know. I, I think it's probably true that if people are, you know, if you are working from home, you too are probably working more than you have in the office space. It's just the, the way I mean, things I are. I mean, I guess that's not the case for every person, but it is interesting that during the pandemic, companies are concerned about that, which is why Microsoft. Well, of course. Is, well, look, we talked last week about, you know, daytime television that. is spiking. So apparently someone's sitting at home watching daytime television as well. So you can't have it both ways, right? Well, I'm working a lot more during the pandemic while I'm working point. at home. That's a good point. How about, so what was that story that people are, that daytime TV rating-wise has gone up? Daytime ratings have gone up, and the people who are watching daytime television have changed. So the advertisers, advertisers have caught in hold of this. So, you know, instead of, you know, daytime television, which I don't know, has been clogged apparently with, you know, reverse mortgage ads or catheter ads. It's now being <laughs> taken over by luxury car ads. 
Right, right. So I, people... I seriously do not know who in the world is working from home and watching television. If I watch TV, I w- there's no way I could work. No. Well, I, again, I think if you're watching it from home, if you're watching TV from home, you're probably using TV just sort of as background noise. Oh, right. Yeah, you said that. So it's just something you have on in the background. That's what I think. Well, I couldn't do that either. So forget right. it. Anyway, right. COVID changes everything. Those are the new shirts I'm having made. Yes. Okay, speaking of COVID changing everything, we're going to talk uh, with Jay Werner Wallace in a few minutes. Jim is a a regular guest on our show. He's a cold case homicide detective. Today to talk to us about male friendships and how male friendships have changed during COVID. I mean, guys would hang out, you know, basketball or softball leagues uh, or whatnot. Now, of course, that's gone. What does it look like to be connected with a guy to your circle of friends there's a lot of lone wolves out there. We'll talk about that next. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. WORD. Although it's not a comfortable topic, death is a reality. And while we might not want to think about it, we certainly need to be prepared for it. We're learning what the Bible says about death and dying. Listen all this week to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Of all the women in the world, you chose her. She is the one you can't live without. How will you tell her, I love you forever? You tell her with a diamond. From Trinity Jewelers. And of all the diamonds in the world, none say forever like the center of my universe from Forevermark. Less than 1% of the world's diamonds can carry the Forevermark inscription, a promise that each diamond is beautiful, rare, and responsibly sourced. A diamond worthy of a woman as rare as she is and a love as unique as yours. The center of my universe can only be found at an authorized Forevermark jeweler. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Discover Forevermark, the diamond, the promise, at Trinity Jewelers. For when you really want to say, I love you forever, visit trinityjewelers.com. Paper, postage, addressing, stamping, holiday cards are fun to get, not so much fun to send. Time and money, and how many people don't even get your card for that very reason? This holiday, surprise everybody with CrossCards.com. Free holiday e-cards that let you share the joy, the fun, the love, the happiness, and God's inspiration. All free. Even animated and interactive cards. No paper, no postage, no handwritten addressing. Just great-looking e-cards for the people who deserve them. Whatever the occasion, send CrossCards.com. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. 
When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. A few months ago, a buddy of mine turned 70, and I was talking, talking to my sister about this, and I said, hey, my, my buddy Bob turned 70, and she said to me, well, you know you're old when your friend turns 70. And I, yeah, I get that, but you know, in this weird COVID era, I could not attend this birthday party. I mean, I really wanted to. This was a big milestone, obviously, for my friend. And, and so it made me think about friendships in this weird era. You know, I mean, guys especially, women are much more relational than men. I mean, that's not, you know, some big secret. And, and so during this COVID era, how are guys connecting? Because, you know, in the old days, you'd get together, you know, hang out and maybe have a drink or so or play a game of pickup basketball or some softball league you joined. But now with COVID, I mean, a lot of guys, and I think this is true. I'll raise my hand here. A lot of guys are cut off from their regular circle of friends. Well, Jay Warner Wallace is with us. Jim is a cold case homicide detective. He's a Dateline featured cold case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, author of many excellent works, Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith. And he joins us now. Jim, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, I sent you this article from the Washington Post about a week or so ago. No game days, no bars. The pandemic is forcing some men to realize they need deeper friendships has this happened in your own life during the, the pandemic? And I, I would say this, I sent this to you because as a police officer, I would imagine that your relationships are very deep and a little wide ranging than the, than the average person. Yeah, that's true. I think and I love the article you sent me because it really exposed a couple of things. Not like good news and bad news. The bad news is I, I don't know that we're going to solve this problem that is cited by this, um, by this article. This idea that the pandemic has kind of forced guys out of the normal settings in which they have relationships with other guys, right? Like maybe you're playing on a softball team together or whatever it may be, and now you're suddenly more isolated. And, and, and we're not the kind of – it's interesting because the article recognizes something that's true about guys, is that we're not likely to get on the phone and, and chat with our buddies for four hours, okay? It's just not going to happen. And the question then becomes why. And what I loved about the article you sent me from the Washington Post – is it takes such a secular, non-Christian view of uh, what we would call, you know, anthropology, Christian anthropology, right? This idea that that the, the Bible, uh, the New Testament, and the Old Testament tell us something about the way that humans are. And actually, I believe it describes reality. It describes the world the way it really is. And it describes men and women the way they we, we really are. And the article gives you little hints. So as I was reading through the article, one of the things that struck me was really, really interesting was the idea that says here in the article, male friendships are often rooted in shoulder-to-shoulder interactions, such as watching a football game or playing video games, while women's interactions are more face-to-face, such as grabbing a coffee or getting together for a glass of wine. Isn't that interesting? There's a distinction that they even notice that this is true of most women and most women, broadly speaking, okay? There's always exceptions to these rules. Okay. Well, why is that? Is there something about um, – I think that this article assumes that it's cultural, 
this could have been different if we would just treat men differently and treat women differently. We set these stereotypes and we reinforce these stereotypes, and therefore we have these situations. There is nothing innately different, according to this article, between men and women, except what the culture has imposed upon men and women. So we need to kind of rethink and allow men to be more, like you know, remove the differences so that they can experience these relationships. But I think what they're missing is that there is something innately different about men. Why do we have shoulder-to-shoulder interactions? I think men are wired, and our testosterone affirms this in our biochemistry every day, that we are really geared for battle. We want a common foe, a common challenge that puts us shoulder-to-shoulder as we focus on something other than ourselves, and we want to take that hill together. We will build shoulder-to-shoulder as we take that hill. We're going to start a business together. We're going to play on a softball team together. We're going to watch and root for the same team. That's the way we are wired. We are distinctly – as a matter of fact, in the article, it's interesting. It talks about one group of men who decided to kind of get together on social media and create a group for themselves. And what did they call themselves? They called themselves the battalion because we are wired to face common (laughs) challenges shoulder to shoulder. And thank God for that. That's that's what makes men protectors, generally speaking. We are larger physically, whether you want to acknowledge that or not. It's just a matter of biochemistry. And, and we would, I, I'm, I'm grateful that women are not shoulder-to-shoulder, that they are more face-to-face because I don't want my kids raised by a, the, the parent that's shoulder-to-shoulder in their relationships. I want my kids raised by, by somebody who is a face-to-face kind of relational um, you know, creature. So this is why I think that, that it's just interesting that the article you sent me kind of speaks of these dis- differences, and it recognizes all the differences, but it doesn't attribute them to anything more than kind of cultural indoctrination that we ought to change. That's interesting. Okay, so Jim, in the midst of the pandemic, I wonder about this as well, because, you know, men in church is one thing. Women in church is a totally different feel as well. So I wonder how the pandemic has affected men uh, engaging with their local church or not. Um, you know, I don't know what's happening in California. You know, things are pretty bad out there, you know, talking about shutdowns and whatnot. But, but have you been to your uh, congregation lately in person? So, so yes, there's a couple of congregations here in Southern California that have really reopened as of, as of Pentecost Sunday, and they never shut down again. And um, to be honest, uh, depending on what county you're in, I'm in Orange County, which is just south of Los Angeles County, and there's Riverside County next to us. If, if you're in Riverside County, I, I suspect you're probably going to be less harangued by the county uh, jurisdiction than you would be if you were in L.A. County. So John MacArthur's church, for example, uh, in Los Angeles County, faces a much stiffer kind of opposition than, say, Jack Hibbs' church in Riverside County, right? These are just the differences in the counties that are out here. And so there are places for – and you will see that – those congregations that have remained open have exploded in terms of their activity. And I think the church does offer, um, because those churches that have stayed open and continue to serve their local communities, they're still doing their food drives, they're still doing all the things they were always doing to serve local communities. That's an option that, that men, if we are you know, raised in the church or we have a connection to a church family, that will put us shoulder to shoulder again. And, and that is something that I would have argued that that difference between men and women uh, as an atheist, because I was an atheist until I was 35, I would have argued that that was true even as an atheist, but I would have said it was just a matter of evolutionary biochemistry, that we have a, a testosterone <laughs> that, that drives us into shoulder-to-shoulder challenges that's different than somebody who doesn't. And I think that's what I think the church can. If the church is active in its local community, it provides opportunities for men to do what we were wired to do. 
We're talking with Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity. You can find Jim on the web at Cold Case Christianity. So, Jim, as part again, this let's refer back to the article. This is really what yeah. struck me. In 2018, the suicide rate among men was 3.7 times higher than among women, according to statistics from the National Institute of Mental Health. I think that says an awful lot about that lone wolf that a lot of guys are at home right now. They're isolated, you know, especially if you're not going to a local church or not connected to other men in your local church, you're at home and you're staying home and you're just, you know, chasing your own tail in your own insanity. Well, okay, that's very true because let's face it, as we, again, are you going to spend uh, you know, three hours texting back and forth or calling on the, probably not, but the people who are more relational, women who are more relational will do that, and they can do that from home, even in isolation, whereas men can't do that. And this is what's interesting about that. There's two ways to solve that problem. If you're a guy right now who's a Christ follower who's at home and feels like you've been disconnected from, your wiring is working against you, right? You are a shoulder-to-shoulder challenge taker. That's how you have been wired by God. You have, are distinct from your wife in that regard. So what you can do in this time of being locked down is, number one, find a church that's still active in its community, still serving in its community, and they are out there. Two, take the lead right now of your family. There's another challenge that faces us. It's not the challenge of a football game or the challenge of you know, your softball team. It's the challenge of a world that really is starting to scorn Christianity. And if you want your kids to be in a world in which they can actually freely practice what they believe as Christians, well, then it's time for us to face a challenge. The challenge will be for us to raise our kids. Maybe it's time for you and your friends who are isolated to come together to do something that advances the cause of Christianity with your own children. So that they, that, that's a great challenge to face together. And dads can do that together, right? I mean, so there are ways yeah. to really kind of face this challenge together. And that, that, the kind of wiring we have as men to face a challenge to begin with, that's there. You're not going to eliminate that. So the question is, what is the challenge that we as men will face together in this pandemic? And it's not going to be for us to become less like men in order to weather the storm. It's for us to simply find another challenge as men. That's the difference. That's really good. That's Jay Werner Wallace. Jim, thank you so much for being here today. We love you. Glad to be with you guys. Have a great holiday if I don't talk to you before then. Yeah, very much so, Jim. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas Jay to Werner you, Wallace. Too. Cold Case Christianity. Look for him online. A lot of great resources, as you can see. He's a man of great passion and insight. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We've got much more ahead. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Uh, yeah. Christmas card day. Today's national Christmas card day. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, 
a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Well, in-person learning at most colleges across the country and at Grove City College here locally have just about ended, if not already. To survive the semester, it required a large measure of planning, good decision-making, and flexibility on the part of the staff and the students. So, first and foremost, because of low numbers, kudos to Grove City College for meeting in person from the beginning of the semester until now. That really says a lot about the excellence of Grove City College. Look, um, both Kath and I have kids there. We personally invested in this process. And Kath, although it wasn't perfect, it was a really good semester, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I can't tell you how many times my husband and I talked to our kids and said, you know, thank God that you are in a place where you can actually be in class in person. Now, look, there were all sorts of isolations and quarantines and, you know, like every other college, the last month has been absolute craziness. I've just been grateful for the fact that, as you said, John, people there at Grove City have a strong enough um uh, knowledge and appreciation of authority and they're willing to be able to change things up if they have to at the last minute to just keep things going till the end of the semester and i don't know i've just been grateful for them the whole way through now of course we don't know what next semester or fall of 21 is going to look like but if you're looking for a quality education grow city college gcc.edu Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Partly cloudy skies tonight, areas of freezing fog late, below 29. That fog will roll into tomorrow morning. We'll see times of clouds and sun on a high of 47. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night, areas of late night fog, the low 34. Again, that fog will creep into Friday morning. It'll be mild with sunshine, giving way to increasing clouds Friday with a high of 53. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. makes sense does what makes sense the garlic press this is the little thing it's usually silver you can purchase it at a uh a cooking store or even in the grocery store mm-hmm. um, mine is made by xylus and you put your garlic clove in there and then you press it together and the minced garlic comes out the other side mm-hmm. well I, I believe uh, this is a caveat i believe the garlic press makes perfect sense However, what makes more sense is the garlic in a jar. I agree with you, John, that the garlic press makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want your garlic to be at its most powerful, that's the way you do it. You can chop your garlic, but it's not as strong as right. if you rinse it. The garlic in a jar, in a jar, is offensive Why? in every way. Everything about it is terrible. It's right. an awful idea. No. How hard is it to put a little clove in your xylus garlic press and like squeeze it? You got to peel the little, you know, tissue off the garlic. You don't have to peel anything. You don't have to peel anything. That's why you have a garlic press. You don't have to peel anything. You don't have to peel the garlic? Nope. Mm All right. Well, we have a garlic press and I'm always happy to use it. Uh, So, yeah, I would say the garlic press does make perfect sense. 
Okay, terrific. On tomorrow's show in this mm-hmm. segment, I'm going to bring up the garlic in a jar so we can get more into this. All right. All right. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. The annual Christmas card letter. Oh, you mean what, what, you mean what everyone in our family's done for the last 12? Yeah. I mean, I've got friends who send me annual Christmas. I got one this year. No exaggeration. It was six pages long. For how many Not- kids? Three kids. I mean, there was political like commentary, social yeah, commentary, updates. And I love this friend. But man, six pages. However, I will say this. We have far-flung relatives in South Dakota. That makes a lot of sense to me because I get the, mm. the update. I, I would never write a Christmas card letter. you know. Oh, so what does that tell you? You like to receive them, but you would never write one yourself? I'll- I, I, I'm not going to write something like that. I feel no. like you've indicted it in some way. It's a little too revealing for me, quite mm. honestly. I'm just happy to send, you know, season's greetings or Merry Christmas to you. Uh-huh. I don't have to go into the whole shebang about mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. I think the bottom line when I sit down to write a Christmas letter is yeah. I don't feel like anybody who's opening it really cares that much about the four of us. Wait a second. Do you write a Christmas card no. letter? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. But if right. I did, the reason I'm not doing it is like, can you imagine Mike? Mike and Mrs. New Mike get my Christmas letter, and they're like, "Well, we already know what's going on." Big deal, right? So I no. would say the Christmas card letter does make sense with that little sidebar caveat. I'm not convinced. One hundred one point five W O R D. Doctor Michael Youssef. It is God who's always reaching to us. And if you are frantically trying to get God to do this or that for you, my advice for you is chill out and realize that God is saying to every one of us, be still and know that I am God. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 630 on 101.5 WORD. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsarouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsarouspittsburgh.com. That's windowsarouspittsburgh.com. Allstate now has deeper savings, and deeper savings require deep thoughts and a deep voice like mine. Save for being a new customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. As someone once said, saving today is money tomorrow. That's deep. 
Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive Eyes is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry, we're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Well, God bless all the pastors who have been soldiering on these many months. What is it like to pastor in the age of COVID? Pastor Tom Hall is with us. No uh, relation, but a great last name. Pastor uh, Hall is the senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church, downtown Pittsburgh. Tom, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm terrific, John. How are you and Kathy? Mm -hmm. We're hanging in there, Tom. Yeah, we're hanging in there, Tom. Yeah. I think it was COVID-15 for me. It's only five for you, Kathy, but 15. <laughs> Apparently, you need to exercise 300 minutes a week, according to the New oh, York yeah, Times. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give that all the consideration it's due. <laughs> okay, so so you're a yeah. former uh, you're a former military man. You should certainly know about right. working out and know about the stresses of the job. But seriously, I yes. mean, all your years traveling around, moving, you know, eighteen, twenty times, whatever it is, Tom. Yes. Uh, does how much does that prepare you for a time like this as a pastor? Oh wow, um, I don't think anything prepares you for this. Hmm. I, I think uh, every, you're, you're, you know, in the military, and that was one of my challenges is coming to the church is you're, you're given a, a task, you know, no challenge is too strong. You're going to adapt, improvise, and overcome. And that's not how church works. That's not how, of course, God can overcome everything. But sometimes just walking with folks through that are hurting, that's, uh, and you're not solving their problem. You're just showing them the love of Jesus. And um, so it's, it's, there's so much difference between leading in the military and leading in the church. Um, it's been a, it, was, it was a big adjustment for me, I think, as you know. I bet. Okay, so Tom, then talk about you know, the day-to-day reality of pastoring now. At, at any point during uh, the pandemic, has your church been closed? Yeah, we've, uh, we're, well, we closed uh, for in-person worship again just a week before last. So we were open since um, September for worship uh, through, you know, through, through the fall. But with this current spike in crises, we decided that we, we couldn't worship in person safely. Uh, we, have, we have a huge, beautiful sanctuary. It just kills us that, that folks can't come in and hear the magnificent music and, and the okay preaching. But um, <laughs> um, the, um, the place is, uh, it just, you know, our, our members are vulnerable. You come through a small space. So we just felt like the the best way to be good Christians right now would be was to uh, uh, err on the side of caution and, and close down for worship. But, of course, we are sure. on um, 
uh, on your station on Fridays at two thirty, and we're on uh, Sunday mornings live on on Facebook, and we've been getting tremendous feedback from those uh, uh, over the air um, ministries. Okay, now, Tom, also, you know, uh, worship's one thing, but you are also a social presence in downtown Pittsburgh. I mean, Absolutely. you know, there are programs, you take care of a lot of people. So what does that look we like do. for you? Well, we've been going deeper, but with fewer people. So our compassion ministries, where we have uh, uh, people come in for great meals on Tuesday night with our, our partners at Outreach Arms, uh, we just haven't been able to do that safely. You know, our, our, the population is so vulnerable and to uh, to subject them to any more uh, danger was just not um, obviously not a wise thing to do. However, uh, we are still working with the downtown churches in the in the downtown ministerium. We're still ca- carrying on our walk-in ministry. You know, the people that come to us, they don't come in cars, so we give them as much uh, as much groceries as they can carry when it's our turn for the walk-in ministry. And we have a great associate pastor, Dan Turris, who is able to go selectively and deeply with hurting people. And his ability to disciple people who are hurting and walk alongside them closely, that has, that's been a shift for us. And for him to be able to do that has been, I think, a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, there's downtown, uh, the Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership and the downtown churches have really been picking up in new ways, but um, but it's not the we can't do the numbers like we were doing before. Sure, Reverend Tom Hall's with us, senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church, which is on Sixth Street in downtown Pittsburgh, Sixth Avenue, um, uh-huh. or Sixth Avenue. Sixth Avenue. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Talk about uh, Tom the type of. Um, I don't know, atmosphere there is downtown right now? Um, what it is, you know, people are, uh, is there an atmosphere of, I don't know, fear or anxiety or distance, or how do you read it? Um, that's a really good question. People are hurting. The businesses downtown are hurting. You know, I, I, I try to, to frequent some of the, the stores and some of the store owners downtown, and they're hanging in. But they've kind of got this, oh, I don't know if you'd say a deer in the headlights look, but, but gosh, when is this going to be over? Uh, between, uh, between the pandemic and the rioting it, and, the, and the, fleet, the, 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 the office workers not working downtown, um, it's, there's not much traffic and, uh, and people are hurting. Having said that, uh, gosh, I would still recommend if you can go to a restaurant downtown, the holiday mm-hmm. market is open downtown. Support your churches downtown because we are on the front lines of caring for people. And I do think that uh, the city is coming together with nonprofits and the uh, the big health care systems. And I think coming out of this, there will be even better care for uh, for the hurting and vulnerable people downtown. But gosh, it's it's slow and it's Gosh, it seems like the twilight zone sometimes downtown. There's so few people. Okay, Pastor, so let's turn to you personally, if you don't mind. In the midst of caring for your church, your congregation, for the social services, walking around the streets of the city of Pittsburgh, I mean, what is it like for you just as a man? This has to be a heartbreaking thing for you to have all these things going forward, and then all of a sudden the spigot's been turned off. That's you know that's really true it's it again this 
I think proclaiming the gospel in all its fullness is what the church does. And I get so much, it, it's so rewarding to do that and to see the pews empty. Uh, it's just, it just really bothers me, bothers me. Yeah. But I, tell, I will tell you, we have a great church and there are quite a few people in our church that have really stepped up and they've been great encouragers to me. Our deacon ministry is stronger than ever. The deacons have stepped up. The giving to the church is up like almost 30% over last year. And, you know, we have a huge building, and the the needs just to maintain the building uh, are great. And then to see our members step up in this way, that's, gosh, that's been such an encouragement. Hmm, that's great news. That's Tom Hall, senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church, 6th Avenue downtown. Tom, thank you so much for being here today. Happy holidays to you and everybody at First. Well, we love you guys and wish you a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, and Jesus is going to set all this right, isn't he? Yes, yeah. he is, Tom. Merry Christmas to you and yours. God thank bless you, you all. In. You hear Tom, 2.30 Friday afternoons, First Press downtown. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. When I go to the mall, and those nice people at the kiosk in the middle try to sell me their product, I'm the guy just jetting on by. I'm not rude, but my head is down and my brain is not interested. And yet today, I'm the guy trying to grab your attention. December is a busy month, a month easy to just look down and think about Rudolph and ugly sweaters. But at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we've also learned it's a very popular time for people to think refinance or cash out refinance. The new year is next, and it often brings leftover bills or the desire to start the year fresh and finally use some home equity to do that dream special project. If you're curious about what that would look like for you, we think you'll see that we're a team committed to Word FM, a team that despises even an ounce of pressure, and a team that's set up to move fast and stress-free. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melvin, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Levin Furniture and Mattress is celebrating 100 years with the very best values, finance offers, and highest quality furniture. Create the home of your dreams this holiday season at all Levin Furniture and Mattress Stores or LevinFurniture.com. 
I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Annually, around the globe, 1.6 billion Christmas cards are sent. 1.6. Today is a Christmas card day. The first Christmas card was sent from London in 1843. So uh, I guess the question is for you two. Have you sent your Christmas cards out yet? No. No. Nope. nope. Do you plan on doing it? Listen, I'm usually good about Christmas cards. <laughs> but That's I just, a no. I don't think I have it in me. Not this I year. I don't. I'm right? just not. I'm just mm-hmm. not holiday spirit i just not i don't think no. I'm it's funny Mike? that you asked john is because uh my wife actually texted me about an hour ago wanting to confirm um our christmas letter to everybody she wanted me to proofread oh. it and confirm yes it, that it's okay and everything i have to say I, i'm not that excited to do that <laughs> well not, that's why you have a wife am, am i being a grinch or i no. don't know i i'm just not no, in the mood I'm, I would imagine that the Christmas spirit is a little tepid for a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I like a Christmas card. I like sending Christmas cards and getting Christmas cards as long as they don't have a six-page Christmas letter in it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. Well, I guarantee you I'm not six sending pages. you six pages, but no. I, I might not be sending you anything. That's okay. I, I, I see you almost every day, right? Right. How about the the family Christmas photo? Yeah, see, that's the way we usually do our card is we make our card out of our family photo. Mm-hmm. But let, should we sit down and the four of us take a picture down in the living room? I mean, we're, it's not like we went on a great vacation or no. up to a state park or to some great body of water and had our picture taken this year. Right. So I'd be okay with the photo. I'd rather do the photo than proofread like six pages of what's going on mm-hmm. in the Duffy household. Yeah. yeah, that to me like sort of like a deep well into psychological despair. I just, <laughs> I, I don't think I could do that myself. You know, I'm happy to sign Merry Christmas, Love John, yeah. but that's about all I got. You know, listen, I told you in the, uh, when we were off the air about this uh, Christmas card we got early in our marriage for, from some friends of ours who, you know, said this is what we're all doing. And then at the end, there was like a huge paragraph saying how thrilled they were that, you know, Bill Clinton was elected and blah, 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 and what it was going to do for America. I mean, Listen, if you're thinking about putting a political statement in your Christmas card, just put on the brakes because <laughs> that's not helpful. No, I don't know. No. And think how many years ago that was. I remember that. I remember opening that card like it was yesterday. You know, I, okay, so Christmas cards are one thing. But as this Christmas season is unfolding, what I'm really going to miss is going to church and singing Christmas hymns with everybody. Yep. I mean, I really, that to me, that makes me feel so happy to do that. And how about when you like, you know, you go, Kath, you, you know, we're part of the Heinz Choir for all these many years. Heinz Chapel Choir, yep. Yeah, you hear these beautiful choirs, you know, Handel's Messiah or whatnot. We're not going to get to experience that I this know. year as well, right? Is, is caroling, ba- sorry, go, go ahead, Kath. Go ahead, caroling, is it banned? Is it banned? Yeah. Get- banned? Well, can you imagine if you opened up your door and a bunch of people were singing at you? You'd be like. I mean, you'd obviously but- have to like stand like. Like 30 feet away from the door, at least. You right? can stand on the street if your house is far away from the street and sing yeah. on the, I don't know. Have you heard anybody sing with a mask on? 
I've sung with a mask on. <laughs> What's that sound like? It's a yeah. tr- what do you think it sounds like? Not good. That's exactly Not good. what it sounds yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Sounds terrible and it feels worse. You kind of feel like you're, I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of um, like I can't breathe correctly because I'm so conscious of you know, my breath that all of a sudden I, you know, I've been singing for years. You, you know, I pretty much know how to breathe when I sing. Uh, I, all of a sudden I like lose control of it. It's really terrible. It's mm. bad. Okay. So then if we can't go to church this Christmas, I think, right. I mean, will there be. You can be... go to church this Christmas. You just can't. In some places you can't go to the building, but you can right. still go to church. So no Christmas Eve services for a lot of churches. Well, I'm working hard on the Christmas Eve service for my church. So that's definitely going to happen. It's just going to be online. Right. I mean, there are a ton of people who are investing untold hours of time in crafting services that are going to come into your living room and be meaningful and will encourage you to worship and recognize what's happening. So there's there's not going to be any lack or any shortage of that, even here in the Pittsburgh yeah. area. Right. So then of all the Christmas traditions that are going to be you know, held back this year. What would be that one thing that you kind of go, I need this more than anything? Because, you know, for whatever reason, Kathy, I, I get it. You know, you're not in the Christmas spirit this year. Um, would there be something that you would kind of go, if I had that, that would really make a difference for me? No. <laughs> I wish I could say yes and say, oh, yeah, if I just heard like. Uh, if I made oh, cookies. Right. Or if I may, if I, you know, heard, uh, you know, a came upon a midnight clear by whoever. Like, I just, I'm just not there this year. I mean, I could lie for the ride home and say, no, no, no. I can't wait for Christmas. But, you know, people don't tune in. Well, no. And if you're feeling that way, so Mike, are you in the Christmas spirit? Yes. Yeah, I am in the Christmas spirit. But one thing I am going to miss um, this year is uh, I'm not Catholic, but I always um, attend the Midnight Mass with my cousin Lori. It's it's hmm. just stunning. It's beautiful. The church is lit with a whole bunch of candles. Um, the choirs just sounds gorgeous. And you're just taking in the ambience of it. It's, I just love it. I love it so much, and and I, I make a point to go with her every every uh, every year. And unfortunately, obviously, we're not going to be able to do that this year. So that is one mm-hmm. thing I'm going to miss. Yeah. Well, the good thing is you've got a little boy. That's true. So I mean, having a child in your life, you yeah, know, a yeah. little kid. I mean, that makes everything. Mm-hmm. Christmas sings like so beautiful yes. when you've got a child in your. Yeah. yeah. What uh, about you, John? Is there something that you feel like? Well, are you in that Christmas spirit? Well, I mean, there. I mean, I, I don't think this is a COVID thing or not. I mean, I just think you know there are seasons of your life, or even years of your life, where you go, I, I really, you know, I'm I'm reading, I'm engaging, that I have it more than other years. And this year, I, I think, I, I guess what I'm doing, I, I'm efforting, I'm trying to, you know, find the Christmas, right? You know, in my readings, of course, you know, we've talked about Advent here more than several times over the past couple of weeks. I'm actively engaged in reading and, you know, uh, being part of the Advent season. I, and my prayer life is much deeper because of that. So, yes, I, I do say I have that. I mean, you know, uh, am I, you know, thinking about Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph? No, I'm not. But it, am I excited about the Christ child coming? Heck yeah, I am. I can't wait for that. And I love, I love all things around that. So yes, I do have the Christmas spirit in my life this year. Going back to the Christmas card thing. uh, One of, one of my friends doesn't send a Christmas card. He uh, sends us an MP3 of their own personal family Christmas album. Like they, they actually go into a studio, they sing some Christmas carols 
and put a track, put some tracks together and send it out to, to their friends and family. It's actually pretty oh, awesome. It? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable how they do it. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, the the um, kids? Uh, uh, the, the, uh, my friend's 34, his wife's 38, and their kids are um, uh, eight and six. I okay, like well, idea. if I can't get my act together enough to put out the one, you know, like the Christmas card with two sides, I guarantee you Eric and I aren't going into the studio. Well, <laughs> you're musicians. I know. Yeah. I am I am going into the studio with him actually next week right. for not for not to make an MP3 for you guys. Right, that's okay. All right. So what about a Christmas um outfit this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh? Yeah, my uh my sweatpants and mm. a big sweatshirt. Mm. Maybe we should dress up. I think you should dress I up. Think I think we should dress up. I think, up. Kath, I get it why you, you know, maybe there just needs to be, a, you know, it's just a slight adjustment that could really energize you this year. Okay. I mean, I know you're working and thinking about all that, but I mean, you don't want to let this whole year go to waste and go, gee, I, I had nothing that year. Mm, right? Okay. Thank just, you, guys. All right. Okay. We don't want to end on a down note, do we? No, no. of course not. Super okay. exciting, right? It's Christmas. <laughs> Come on, you guys. All right. All Listen, right. I'm excited. Coming for up it. on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about missionaries. What COVID-19 has meant to people in the mission field. It's going to be a fascinating conversation. So glad you were with us today. See you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.